This is Paul. And this is Wayne. Right before we started recording, I was bragging about how all of my gifts have been wrapped for more than a week. And, uh, you know, tomorrow's Christmas Eve as we record this. Paul, Wayne, you guys are done as well, right? All of my gifts aren't even here yet. <laughs> my I do have a couple that here. haven't arrived yet. There is yeah. My family's not doing Christmas until the 30th. So as I was ordering things, mostly off of Amazon, I would look at the shipping date and think, okay, Sarah's family is on this day. Mine is on this. I could order that. I have uh, one gift coming in uh, that's supposed to be here today. Um, I'm a little concerned. It's uh, I had uh, I had a uh, an oil painting made for Suzanne of uh, our the two dogs that we lost this year, Walter and Trudy. And so it's supposed to be here tomorrow uh, today. I, I, I am concerned because it's coming from Canada. It's an artist that I've been working with for a couple of years and got my fingers crossed. Got my fingers crossed. OK, OK, so OK. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, but Paul, otherwise, you know, you're done, right? You've you got everything wrapped. You're you're shot. No, you're done. no. I think I'm about. I, I think I'm probably about thirty percent wrapped. But I've uh-huh. got two days. I got two days to do it. I'll uh-huh. be fine. Uh-huh. Totally fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm behind the the curve. I will say this year. Generally, I, normally I'm I'm much better about being ready and wrapped and blah 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 blah. blah. But this year, just uh, honestly, just got away from me. Too much stuff going on. Oh no, I'm not normally better about this i'm always this bad that i haven't started rapping yet well you know well, we hadn't we had an extra week this year uh you know thanksgiving happened early and so it felt like i had more time on the calendar no just rub it get, in there to get stuff done so i i you know because normally i'm rapping on christmas eve myself and i it was great being done it's great it's it's been liberating i i'm a new man i'm a new it, man. it's like it, it, it was nothing to you that's right that's right no stress going into the holiday at all. It's great. <laughs> but, you know, I was I was out traveling with some uh, work folks this week and we get into this conversation and, you know, uh, co-worker is, you know, complaining about Christmas and how I don't need stuff. Don't give me stuff at Christmas. I don't need anything. And I'm like, and he looks at me he's like, right, Aaron? And I'm like, no, I, I need stuff. What do you you want under your Christmas tree this year, Aaron? uh, I'm hoping for a new patio heater because when the when the uh, storm happened this summer, uh, I lost my old patio heater and uh, it gets cold out there, Paul. Yeah, Aaron likes to go out there and smoke his cigarettes. It's it's cigars, not a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Cigars and uh, and read comic books. That's right. Yeah. And that's why we have no comics to talk about this week, because Aaron's heater broke. It's cold. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> so, and, you know, Aaron, I've got a friend that is exactly like that, though. The I don't want stuff. I've got too much stuff already. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what I get him every year for Christmas is something that he can eat because then he doesn't <laughs> have stuff left over. Right. So like, he's a huge fan of the bizarre, like out of Japan Kit Kats. Mm. So oh, yeah. I. Yeah, so I get a bunch of those imported for him every year in strange flavors, and he absolutely loves it because he doesn't have stuff left over afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I just I haven't reached that that stage in my life where I don't like things. Um, I uh, you know, I need things. I like yeah, things, I, but you know, I feel like I am getting to that stage in my life where it's like I have things. Uh huh. I, I will gladly accept things, but do I need more things? Probably well, not. you know, it depends on the type of thing, right? Like, so sure. I, I feel like, you know, I've become very uh, because of limited space. And we've talked about that before, about, you know, limited collection space. 
you know, I'm real particular about what I will add, but then there are other things that I'm all over, like, you know, Christmas sweaters, you know, I, I, I like those. And (laughs) yes, one, and you need at least 31 or 25 or whatever. Well, I mean, I've got 50 of them now, so it's a, it's a ridiculous sized collection, but you know, but also I'm allowed to be particular now. I won't just buy any old Christmas sweater. It's got to be, it's got to, it's got to, uh, to scratch a certain itch. Well, and you have to have enough for Christmas in July as well. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, well, the holiday, well, well, how about you, Wayne? What do you, what are you, uh, envisioning under the tree? Mostly Legos. Uh, oh, I there, should I should have known. Of course. Yeah, there there are some big sets that came out this year that I'm expecting. The uh, one of them is they did the Mars rover Perseverance with the Ingenuity, the little helicopter that came with it, is part of the set. So I'm expecting and really looking forward to that one. Nice. We um you know my, my, we we have a new Lego store in the area. Mm. So um, is it a Lego branded store or is yeah. it a, a store that uh, does that, that, you know, is niche and does Legos? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a Lego branded store. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. I actually so, have both in my area. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. They, um, so my niece, you know, got a Lego gift card for Christmas because she's been wanting to check out the store. And, and I just discovered that there is a Lego fan experience Coming to town. It's called the Ultimate Lego Fan Experience, the Brick Universe. It's traveling around oh, the country. Yeah. Uh, I've been to those oh three or four times. Uh, it is an annual show that goes around. They have uh, some really talented Lego artists that have put together displays. I mean, some of them are just huge. Some of them are super realistic. And uh, two years ago, the one that came here, they have this woman that does uh, NASA builds. And she, oh, I thought you were saying naked Legoing, because then no, I took it. Naked no. Lego. <laughs> but naked she had Lego. this, she had this NASA build of the space shuttle that had, uh, she had like all this built-in controllers for it, and so it was the, uh, the shuttle would slide over onto the rocket and the gantry, the gantry would close, then the gantry would open, and uh, dry, like smoke would come out of it after a launch sequence. It was like right. this is next level Legos. That's yeah. I mean, it, it it seems like fun. So sadly, Aaron, there are no 2024 tour dates in Texas. So uh, so you're going to miss out. Well, is there like a, a Lincoln Log tour or perhaps? Uh... <laughs> is there, what is the other Duplo? Is there a Duplo tour coming through town? <laughs> um, you know, speaking of Rector set, <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was on X this morning. Just speaking of nostalgia and Duplos uh-huh. and Lincoln Logs and. Um, you know, that I is saw just that. such a I, – I hate the name change, but at least the things like saying I was on X. When <laughs> growing up, I had a friend that uh, ended up on Ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So when oh, you say you were on X, the first point. thing I'm thinking of is uh, Paul's getting high. Well, also that. So I was on double X this morning. <laughs> Can you just say that you were on New Coke today and leave it at that? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a rebrand that I don't feel like has worked well. No. For, uh, for yeah, it, it, it's the stupidest thing, and I hate uh-huh. saying it, but then uh-huh. I don't say it, and everyone people. Call I also me, feel so. ridiculous saying threads. So <laughs> fair, and threads really hasn't turned into a thing until yeah. X literally charges people to use it. Yep. People are not going to completely leave it. Yeah. Um, but I saw that Pizza Hut was trending. Oh, Since yeah. We, you know, we're kind of in this nostalgia conversation, and uh, I looked it up, and it was because someone was had 
posted pictures that they had opened up a Pizza Hut classic in his area. Um, and I don't and I was like, whoa, OK, I went to one of those last week and I didn't realize it was a thing that Pizza Hut has now opened throughout the country certain Eric's, I mean, they're literally branded as Pizza Hut classics, but they are all done like the original 80s style, 90s style Pizza Huts. So you've got the the Tiffany lamps, the red and white checkered um, you know, tables, the book it signs, the, the, the salad bar and and small buffet. And it's all retro style with an arcade machine. And I went to one last week and I'm, I was pretty excited that ooh, I, I went to a thing, a thing that is trending. But you actually went to a historic one. There wasn't, wasn't there like a plaque there? Yeah, there was a plaque on it and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I saw you that in your stories. I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I was waxing nostalgic for that. I used to remember going with my dad, you know, to you know the the, the pizza place and you know putting coins in the jukebox and dad getting mad that I hit the Star Wars theme five times. <laughs> <laughs> my my fond memories are the uh, the book club. Like you would read so many books and then get a free like pizza hut uh personal oh. pan pizza yeah and that oh, was nice. a big thing growing up i was a heavy reader so i would always finish reading enough books to get the pizzas oh yeah so a little, little bit of nostalgia here this morning yeah. on uh on, on funny books but guys i wanted to talk to you about yesterday so yesterday i was off of work so was i well i you know so i decided with my with my time off that i would Go to see Aquaman 2. That I, I would spend my day at, with the end of one Zack Snyder verse before I jumped into the new Zack Snyder verse with Rebel Moon. As usual, Paul making poor life choices. Well, I will tell you, of the two movies, Uh-oh. I actually enjoyed Aquaman 2 more. Um, now, let me not go on this podcast that's being recorded and declare that Aquaman 2 is a great movie. <laughs> it is not. It is fun. It is better than the first. Um, I actually found myself enjoying it and laughing at it, but it is it's dumb. There are some plot holes and bad writing that like, you know, usually some of that stuff you don't catch until second viewing. Like there were some really obvious like reshoots and stuff throughout the movie just to kind of, I guess, you know, adjust for the fact that it they were trying to disconnect it from from other movies and and other you know remove cameos and things like that but even with all that i actually enjoyed it um i was not bored i thought patrick wilson you know did a a, a fantastic job uh i mean everyone seemed to be having fun the special effects were mixed as expected but i, I actually really enjoyed aquaman too i mean so, i'm not saying rush out to your theater and see <laughs> but when it comes on max you may want to check it out because it's it's not bad so this is lining up with the uh, Rotten Tomato scores. The Rotten Tomato scores for Rebel Moon is 23% tomato meter and 69% audience scores. For Aquaman, it's 36% tomato meter and 77% audience scores. I believe that's uh, correctly pronounced tomometer. Tomometer. I would actually probably agree um, with those. What did you say? 70% for Aquaman? Yeah, 77 that's a little high. <laughs> I'd probably be like a a seventy two percent Aquaman, um, and and lower for Rebel Moon, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I basically they say that neither one is good, but Aquaman is better. 
To yeah. be clear, Zack Snyder did not neither directed nor wrote. No, nor did he actually, I think, produce. Right. right. It's just, you know, it, it, it's it is part of the universe that he set up in the right. Man of Steel Justice League you know, movies and he cast Jason Momoa. So, I mean, it, it is I will say it's fun. You the people on this podcast will probably enjoy it. Um, it is also kind of a shock to me that and I shouldn't say it's a shock, you know, much like Shazam. The first Aquaman broke a billion dollars. And so DC's like, people want more of this. Well, the second Shazam bombed and Aquaman 2 looks like it's going to bomb as well, which is not surprising. But, you know, part of that's because the studio isn't supporting these films. Yeah, I mean, they killed them themselves. When you you say, yeah, we're not going to make any more of these movies, people lose interest. Especially in a superhero movie, because that's what people have gotten used to with superhero movies is the setup for something bigger. Well, and I mean, let's be honest. The first Aquaman film was terrible. It was. For, I don't know how it broke a billion dollars, yeah, but it did. Because people like Jason Momoa. You know, I think that's why they liked the character in Justice League. They like Jason Momoa. He's got a great presence on screen. But the, the writing, the special effects, the story was terrible in Aquaman. And, you know, the reason why I feel like it it made money was because people were thirsty for for Jason Momoa. And when the studio has essentially killed this this machine, you know, the 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 Zack Snyder universe, uh, I think that's all people needed to 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 hear to not go to those movies because Black Adam was a great movie. I mean, not great movie. It was a good movie. I was entertained. It was very it good. What, I will say it, it is did, a, an above average movie. Yeah. Yeah. It did what a superhero movie needed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet they killed it. <laughs> you yeah. know, well, I don't get you that. Know what's funny to me, you know, so Black Adam firmly set within the Snyderverse. Uh huh. And, you know, people were, made, you know, rock, the rock really took a beating. Uh-huh. On that film because of what he did and, you know, the way he strong armed the studio to try to take yep. over the Snyderverse and how he got Henry Cavill in. And, you know, I mean, he took a beating in the media for for how that ultimately, you know, how the reception ultimately landed. But no DC movie since has made anywhere near the same amount of movie or money. In fact, Black Adam uh, to, made as much made more than Shazam. And Blue Beetle combined. Yep. You could probably um, flash it there because it didn't make much at all. Yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things. And it's the best since. <laughs> there, there hasn't been as good a movie since. So it's it's like, despite you know, he, yes, he took a beating, but he was kind of right. And if yeah, they had just stuck with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think they should have, and you know, retrospect, you know, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. But I think they should have. <laughs> I mean, we knew. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think they should have used that as their new foundation, you know, yeah. and move on from there. Um, but I, I think the problem is, is that, you know, as much as I love James Gunn, I think he he came in with his great big penis and said, well, if I'm doing this, I'm I, I, I'm starting fresh. I am, you know, clearing the board uh, to make the James Gunniverse. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I get that. I mean, he's a creator. He He's got power and. Uh, it would have been nice if they had been able to figure out a way for The Rock and James Gunn to work together instead of just clearing the board. Yeah. But and it's too bad. And, you know, people complain about The Flash all the time. I, I really enjoyed that movie. 
Um, yeah, there are problems with it, but it's better than a whole lot of stuff I've seen. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed Black Adam more. Oh, same. Despite the fact that I really don't like Ezra Miller as a person, Mm -hmm. he did an amazing job in that movie. He acted his ass off. Yeah. And there were, there was a lot to like in the movie. There was a lot I didn't like, and I didn't care for the ending, but the middle was a very solid movie. Yeah, I agree. I, I think there's a lot to admire about that film. And yeah. I think that, you know, 10, 15 years from now, other people are going to come around and go, you know, that was a really good movie. It was a decent superhero film. Yeah. You know, I, it's it's going to be one of those things that people look in the rearview mirror and say, yeah, that was pretty good. You know, yeah. and why didn't we get more of of, uh, uh, you know, Batman 1989 when we had the chance, you know? Yeah. So all, all that, I mean, all that set up for, for it to ultimately go nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So rebel moon. Yeah. So that, so then I got came home and I watched rebel moon. Uh huh. And it, clearly you didn't like it. I uh, know. I won't say I didn't like it. Um, I actually did like it. I didn't love it. And I found for me, <laughs> I feel like Zack Snyder should just stop releasing movies that aren't his director's cut. <laughs> um, did he not get a, a, uh, he did. I, I will say he, 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 okay. did. he did. He did. He got final cut on it, but it was intentionally, you know, for Christmas released the PG 13 edition, um, you know, that's for the broader audience. And then I believe that was PG 13. You know, that was PG 13. Wow. And then sometime in the first quarter next year, I believe he'll release his, the actual R rated extended edition, which is, I believe about an hour longer. Oh, wow. Um, it's pretty this, violent for a PG-13. And I, I just assumed it was R because of, uh, you know, how I mean, because it, if it's PG-13, it went right up to the line. Yeah, it went right up to the line. for yeah. sure. So, Paul, would you say that he's incapable of making a PG-13 movie? Um, no, because Man of Steel, I love Man of Steel. Um, I, I absolutely love Man of Steel. So, no, I don't think he's incapable. I think his vision for this suffers by the removal of essentially what I would consider all the actual story mm. <laughs> and, and character elements, because this film is basically a series of scenes where they, they get the band together and then they fight the bad guy, but you, you they, they have excised anything other than that. It would be like, so the film very, you know, so this is Zack Snyder's take on star Wars and it is, it, it, it makes no hesitation in hiding that. Um, but it is basically as if Star Wars started, you met Luke, in the next scene, Uncle Owen dies, in the next scene, they get Han Solo, in the next scene, they get Leia, in the next scene, you know, like, it, 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 there's no, there's not a lot of transition. It's literally like a series of, it, it feels to me as if a big chunk of the film has been removed, because it basically just moves right along to, to introduce new character, introduce new character, introduce new character, introduce new character, big finale, conclu- you know, cliffhanger for the second part. And that, that it felt to me like there was a big chunk missing. And there is, I mean, at least an hour. So Aaron, what'd you think of it? So I learned some, I, I came to a realization about some things as I watched this movie. Um, one is that if you've seen one Zack Snyder movie, you've seen them all. Uh, he, he has, he is spectacular at creating, um, just very cinematic visuals. Um, but I feel like that's the only tool in his box. Um, I am so fed up with watching the slow motion, you know, and you know, it's, it's, you know, guy runs in slow motion, you know, and he's, Mm -hmm. 
the the guy leaps in slow motion. The guy reaches for the sword in slow motion. And I was just like, come on, you, you, you've got this is the same gimmick you've been using since the 300. Right. Um, it's super frustrating once you kind of understand what he's doing. And, you know, I, it worked great in movies like 300 because it's based on a comic book. And, you know, you really feel the energy uh, in in, you know, the, the, the real strong link to the graphic representation of the story. I really feel like his style got in the way uh, because it, to your point, Paul, you know, it's it's, you know, uh, seen here, seen here. But there's not a connective thread. And he does so much in building the image that he doesn't really saturate you with character. Yeah. And and you get, OK, you're the rebel, you're the farmer, you're the you know, everyone's kind of got their identity, but it's not really a character. It's a label. And exactly. I, it's I a stereotype. That, it's, it, it's a it's, you know, it's a it's a it's a D&D yeah, character. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. here's your character sheet. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it it, it just felt like templates. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that's the word. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But, you know, you've got these archetypes archetypes you know in the in the film and i think there's some really good stuff here Mm -hmm. but while they had a good idea on story they had nobody writing dialogue there is no snappy dialogue in this film there is nothing joy or fun in this yeah well and i mean of course not. It's a Zack Snyder movie. There well, yeah, but, you know, I feel fun. like that was, that was I, but I do feel like that's a victim of the of, of the fact that they were that they, you know, were like, we are going to make a two hour PG-13 movie that's just nonstop. You know, here here are the toys on the on the table and here let's and building up to, the, to them fighting at the end. That's that's essentially well, what this is. There is a scene in the movie where, you know, they're trying to recruit this insurgent army you know, to mm-hmm. support the rebellion on the moon. And, you know, the the leader of the of the of the army, you know, is going to give this stirring speech. Hey, played by uh, played by Cyborg. Just yeah. a little. Yeah. So he's going to give there. this stirring speech. And it's like in the in the script, it's like insert stirring speech here because mm-hmm. he says nothing that is stirring. And I'd like to, to to further emphasize that he talks at about this level. Yeah. Uh, out in the open with probably 200 people that he's talking to. And what I really wanted was the scene of the people in the back going, what did he say? I, what? What, I, I can't I can't hear him. Did, Turn did, on did, your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we can't hear you. Yeah. Um, I, I got super frustrated. And the one character, there is one character in this movie that I was all about. I was like, oh, yeah, I dig this a lot. And you get nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking about Robot Jimmy, who. Oh, Robot know, Jimmy was so good. Played by uh, like, Anthony Hopkins. I'm like, yeah. yes. And I'm like, fucking Robot Jimmy. Give me this Robot Jimmy. God damn. Yeah. And the reviews I, I've seen online have said that he's the only character that has any development. That's right. Yeah, that's he right. does. He, but they said it's all set up for. No, in the end, I understand this was half of the movie. Right. right. It, it is basically well, the, the scene. It, it leads up to where the death, you know, they save Leia and get away from the Death Star. That's basically where this film ends. Yeah. And it is. But unlike Star Wars, you know, episode four, A New Hope, unlike that movie that is satisfying, this is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, And 
unlike Star Wars, you know, you feel like you have a beginning, middle and end, even though there is more story to come. Clearly, you are satisfied when you walk out of that movie theater. I sat there going, are you kidding me? It was very much like watching uh, the new Dune film that it just ends. ends. Yeah. And I'm now let me tell you that last image with, you know, robot Jimmy standing in the grain field. Pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. But I'm just like, why? Why couldn't I have gotten more robot Jimmy? Why do you why are you saving all of robot Jimmy for the next movie? Well, robot Jimmy's coming in part two, which is only in April. It's only a few months away. I know. But I mean, you are you are holding back the one thing in your movie that I got excited about. Now, let me just talk about the movie itself. It is, I mean, deeply on the nose. It's a Star Wars thing. And of course, he pitched this to Disney and Disney didn't want to do it. So he's like, I'll go make my own damn thing. Which I appreciate. And, you know, there is an element of new here. Uh, He was he is clearly making a Star Wars movie that's serious about the the terribleness of the Empire. Right. Um, I mean, these guys are bad news. Yeah. That opening sequence with the, the, you know, the the bad guys. I was like, this is kind uh of. What's that movie? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Uh You know, this nice guy. You think he's like nice and he's, Uh you know appealing to the village and then all of a sudden things yeah, he's go terrifying. horribly right. Yeah. Yeah. He, and the, on the one hand, I thought it was, I thought that part was nicely done and I understood the effort of these, these aren't just your, you know, your storm, tro- your, your, your star Wars stormtroopers and your Darth Vader. I mean, these guys are not comic book bad. These guys are just monsters, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's an attempted rape in the movie. I mean, so let's let's, you know, set the set the level of how bad these guys are. Um, What it was hard to enjoy some of that, though, for a couple of reasons for me. One, these guys are clearly Nazis. Um, And, you know, they are not. It's almost like it would be better off calling them Nazis. (laughs) You know, I think I might have enjoyed it more. But every time you see them, I'm like, God, I mean, the 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 costumes are very much, you know, SS SS space Nazis. Right. Um, The the scenes where they're just doing terrible things to these populations, you know, you're just like, ah, this this we've crossed the line from fun, (laughs) you know, to something just tragic. And. There is a story narrative about the betrayal, which is straight out of the Nazi playbook. Right. You know, I mean, we, we, you know, the Nazis blamed the Jews and called it a betrayal, the stab in the back. And that's very much the same sort of narrative in this. And it be, and maybe it's because of where our politics are right now and the rise of fascism in the world. Maybe that's why I'm not enjoying this as much as maybe I would otherwise. I can't tell if Zack Snyder's trying to message me here, uh, but it, it took away some of the fun of this. And of course, the other thing that took away some of the fun of it is that there's no fun in this movie, Paul. No, there, yeah. there is no comedy. There is no joy. It's just deep, dark, terrible stuff. And you know, you know, Paul. Spoiler warning that Cora, is that her name? Yes. Um, I think she killed the princess. I, I, I think, I think, I think that's she, what they established, but I think the princess is somewhere. That's the well, thing. I, like, I think she, I think they have established that Cora, you know, 
hid the princess even though she was supposed to kill her kind of thing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think there's there's more horrible from from Cora to come. Uh I just I I'm just like god, this is just so deep and dark. And you know, the the only smiles, you know, in the movie are like, "Oh, look, she likes Jacks, you know, Charlie Hunnam, Hunnam. Uh, and you know, of course, betrayal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? uh, it's, I, but yeah. It, all that said, Paul, I think this is a decent film. It's yeah. not great. Uh, I'd be very curious to see the extended cut to see what he left on the floor. But I was struck by how extremely violent this movie is. Um, it, it is not, you know, action adventure violence a la Star Wars. Uh, it is very gritty and gruesome. You know, and, you know, I'm stunned that there is a harder, more violent cut yet to come because I thought this whatever the rating is, I thought this was pretty violent. What I am loving about your description, Aaron, is that uh, it pretty much describes all of my complaints with Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, here's it, the dark thing, and so. gritty, taking all the fun out of whatever property he's working on. Uh, style over substance. The only times he has a strong story is when he's adapting a story that's already been done. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I did my big, you know, Snyderverse rewatch and, you know, have a deeper appreciation for, you know, his uh, Batman versus Superman, his Justice League film and Man of Steel. Um, but I, I, I was frequently struck by how he was communicating the story how there was no snappy dialogue. I mean, for God's sake, hire a writer. Um, it feels like there was no dialogue for what it's worth. Yeah. I mean, it feels like yeah. the dialogue and, you know, again, this is one of those things where it's like, I feel like I saw an inferior version of what was clearly meant to be a longer film. Well, I would just be very surprised if the dialogue improves in the extended version. Well, fair. I, I, yeah, it just I, depends I, on, you know, Yeah, I have a hard time believing that. Oh, that's where all the dialogue was. It was in the rated R parts. I just have, <laughs> right. I have a hard time believing that, but I just got so frustrated on him leaning so hard and really kind of music video shots. Um, you know, he, he, he's got a really strong eye, but if you're not connecting that with something substantial, it's just candy. And, yeah. you know, I, I got frustrated with it, even though I, you know, I, I I thought it was time well spent. I was entertained. Yeah. It just wasn't. I'm interested great. in the universe. I'm interested in the second part. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm going to see the longer version. It's not. It is by far not a bad film. I would not say it's a bad film. I would rewatch it. Um, I will say I, some of the special effects I found less than great. Yeah, that Netflix budget uh, sometimes yeah. popped in for sure. Well, like the. I mean, I liked the Griffin scenes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to call that creature. I just call it a griffin. But, yeah, it seemed like a griffin. Um, that was fun, but there were some close-ups on it where you're like, eee. Yeah. <laughs> a little cartoon. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking at Zack Snyder's live-action filmography, you know, because he started with music videos. So to your point about music videos, you know, did a lot of Morrissey and stuff. But once you actually, you know, look at his films, Dawn of the Dead, 300, Watchmen, Sucker Punch, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, and then his last two films are the Netflix movies, Army of the Dead and Rebel Moon. And I feel like they have been his weakest movies. Oh, I liked Army of the Dead. I liked Army of the Dead, but I didn't like, but, you know, given what came before, yeah. um, I actually find it, you know, I would actually probably say Rebel Moon, in its current state, is probably his weakest movie. 
I would agree uh, with that. But you know, other than Sucker Punch, I did not care for Sucker Punch. See, I really like Sucker Punch. Uh, I couldn't get through <laughs> Sucker Punch. <laughs> no, I like Sucker Punch. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Rebel Moon, again, I, I, I would say it is time well spent, especially if you are a fan of that visual. And I, I don't mean the visual slow motion. I mean, like that type of visual flair to your sci-fi, the uh-huh. Dune, Riddick. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely, definitely has a Riddick feel to it. Yeah, definitely leans more into Riddick than honestly than even Star Wars. Right. Um, but if you're a fan of that that aesthetic, it's worth your time. And I think it's know, worth your time either way. I mean, yeah. I, I I do think there's some value here. Uh, it's just not a great movie. It's also and not complete. So like, I agreed. You know, you wait till if you want to wait till part two and watch them all as one. Probably a better. It's it's like waiting for the trade. Well, it might wait, actually read better as a trade. I'm gonna wait for the nine hour uh, extended director cut. Extended director in black cut in black and white <laughs> in, in four by three uh, trim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find. But it did make me want to see Zack Snyder's Justice League again. Just putting well, that I, out there. I tell you what, that four by three on on the Justice League get it. I can brutal man. I, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what what was he thinking on that? Yeah, that's a bad one for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, so neither pot, neither pie, neither Paul nor I, uh, I sometimes call him pie. Uh, neither <laughs> Paul nor I, uh, watched, uh, have watched uh, what if season two yet, but Wayne has. And for the, what if report, here's Wayne. Yeah, so I watched the first episode of it last night and I want to say Disney is doing something interesting where it seems like they're trying to experiment with their releases to see what works best. We already know that when Echo comes out, they're dropping the entire series at once. Well, with what if they're dropping it one episode a day for for, you know, starting yesterday all the way until the end, which is, I think, the 30th. So that's I find that really interesting. They're doing something different and trying something different. I don't know how I feel about that, but I have to I have to say I love that the streamers are dropping fresh content during the holidays. You know, I I don't know if people remember this, but used to there was nothing new (laughs) on TV during the holidays. And I love that, you know, we got Rebel Moon uh, day before yesterday, right? You and know, Maestro came out on Netflix too. Yeah, I do want to see that one. Yeah, and I mean, it brought that brought me back to Netflix for a month, so I got to yeah, watch yeah. a whole bunch of crap before well, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a Doctor Who fan, so uh, I'm used to having a Christmas special. Oh, that's right? true. Sure, sure, but I mean, all, there's just tons of fresh content out there to consume, you know, while you're, you know, avoiding your family during the holidays. So it's good stuff. But tell us yeah. about what point. Yeah, after a lot of misses that they've had lately with the uh, Marvel TV shows, What If is really good. Uh, It's pretty much back to form from the first season. The first season had a lot of good episodes, as far as I was concerned. Uh, One of my complaints about What If tends to be they don't actually explain why some of the characters aren't where they would have been. You just have to accept this is an alternate reality, so characters are in different places. But they're telling an interesting story in that I sat down to watch the episode, and the episode was, what if Nebula had joined the Nova Corps? And my initial reaction was, I'm not going to care about this. But it was so well done. Very noir-style story. Kind of a police or detective searching for a killer, searching for clues kind of story. The characters they used, they used very well. I find that What If is doing a great job with Howard the Duck. I mean, 
I don't know that they could do him in live action and pull it off, but they're doing wonderful work with him in the animated realm. And well, it, got, it got me I, excited I'm, for the rest of the season. I'm glad that you are uh, uh, liking what you're seeing because I, I plan to, to start watching this evening. Uh, I, I like the I like the drop in one a, a day. Um, I got to yeah. tell you, though, I'd completely forgotten that this was coming out. The one that dropped this morning that I haven't watched yet is what if Peter Quill was delivered to Ego? Mm. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Uh, there's I'd watched the trailer of all the episodes coming up and they have a diehard like episode coming up, I think, on Christmas Day that has uh, basically ha- Happy Hogan crawling through the air ducts at Avengers Tower, calling up Darcy mm. about the yeah, tower being invaded. Yeah, I I was excited to see the preview. Very exciting. Well, you know, we haven't talked about this, but, uh, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery uh, and Paramount have been having conversations about a possible merger. So, you know, the the people who have fucked up the DC universe can work with the folks who have fucked up Star Trek. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) should be fun. Yeah, should be great. I mean, if it actually gets approved, I I would be surprised. But. You know, something needs to happen to Warner Brothers. Something needs to happen to, I, I to bring really it wish there. that there would be a carve out of Discovery to go its way, because the thing that I just find super frustrating about the current Warner Brothers situation is that nobody seems to understand the value of HBO. Um, yeah. And I mean, that is the brand. And, uh, you know, they to, to flip it over to Max made no sense to me whatsoever. No, I, 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 I should, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, when you think HBO, you think of things like the Sopranos, you think about uh, Game of Thrones, all these great things. When you think of Max, I think about, you know, uh, mature content. You know, yeah. I, I think about Cinemax After Dark, you know. Yeah, and and well, none of that's I, on there, frustratingly yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, Where, where's I, my Emmanuel in Paris? That's right. <laughs> Give me my Emmanuel Sp- in space. Spider Babe. <laughs> Spider Babe. Playmate of the Apes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I dropped Max, and uh, I found that most of the things that I used to like on it are now on Netflix. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of the old DC cartoons are all over on Netflix. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, the streaming I I, situation I, is definitely interesting. I hold on to Max largely because that's the only way I can get Turner Classic Movies because TCM doesn't have its own streaming, and I watch a lot on TCM. So yeah, we watch it for. I mean, we've got a lot of the uh, Discovery content on there, so yeah. Jen appreciates that. And Max does have some. I mean, Max has good content if you care. Yeah. Barbie yeah. is on there right now. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm I, I you know it's not something I was particularly looking for, but to but it's like the biggest hit of the year, so people. Yeah. Well, can. it is. A, it's a movie I really want to see. Well, it's on Max. Yeah, it, I, three well, different versions. You can watch it with ASL for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know why that isn't just subtitles. Yeah. But whatever. Hey, you know. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, next week in your comic stores, you can get the newest issues of Action Comics, Justice Society of America, um, and, and Titans Beast World, which we haven't talked about on this podcast because I'm the only one reading it. Um, but I'm actually enjoying it. Titans Beast World is from Tom Taylor and Ivan Reese does the art. It's the uh, the, the big DC crossover happening right now. And um, I, I, I'm enjoying it. You know, Beast, the Beast Boy has been taken over by Starro uh, and, you know, has basically started infecting the world and turning the other heroes into beasts. Um, and I, I'm, I've been enjoying it. 
This sounds terrible. It's it's it, it sounds terrible. Well, I mean, if anyone can can do a big apocalyptic DC DC comic story, feels like Tom Taylor's your guy to go to. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see what, what we'll see where it goes. It's only on the third issue, but I'm enjoying it. Um, I feel like maybe you're being you know held and forced <laughs> to make statements against your duress. And you know, now that I'm I'm looking, you know, we we are we're on video today, guys, and uh, I see Paul blinking in Morse code torture. So, uh, <laughs> no, that's the X <laughs> that's causing all the blinking. Um, but the big new release is actually from Image Comics next week. Image Comics and Skybound release Duke number one, spinning out of the pages of the uh, Transformer series that we are loving so much. Uh, Joshua Williamson, the current writer on Superman and Batman and Robin and Green Arrow from DC Comics, also will be writing Duke and, and setting up the, the, the G.I. Joe part of the uh the Energon universe for Image Comics. So I'm looking forward to that release. Very exciting. Anything else, Paul? Nah, you know, some other stuff, but well, nothing, hey, nothing big. Well, you know, here we are in the holidays, which can only mean the 14th annual Funny Book Awards are right around the corner. 14. I, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it, I mean, it just feels like 20, right? I mean, it's, it's been a lot of awards. Uh, it has. It, 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 it's a lot of work to, to come up with that favorite cover of the year. That's right. Uh, anyway, 14th annual Funny Book Awards are coming. Uh, you can visit our Instagram page, our threads, our X, and look at the categories. Let us know what you think. Uh, communicate to us in the comments or send us an email at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. If we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Whatever. When are they going to go back to Twitter? I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have a great holiday, and uh, we will see you back here next time. Yes, catch it in. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.